welcome to episode three of To The Rink Podcast. Big day, we have a big guest today that came on. We're gonna do a hard-hitting interview with them. It's Bob McKenzie, everyone knows him, TSN, hockey dad, margarita salesman. Bob McKenzie joins us as our very first guest on To The Rink. Yes. Yes, so. A good a good guest. Great guest, yeah. great guest, like huge guest actually. Yes. Big, big, uh, big in the Whitby world back in the day, but played a lot against the GTHL, has a lot of insights around hockey and, and junior hockey and minor hockey and all those things that we're talking about. So really good. Stick around for that interview. It's coming up right after this. But right off the top, Puff. Yes. What ranks did you hit this week? What ranks were you at? Uh, well, uh, last night, uh, so we're taping this on Tuesday. Um, Monday night was the opening of the GTHL season. Okay. Um, I wanted to be at Pine Point Arena for the uh, the first game, which was uh, U12 AAA North York Rangers were playing Mississauga. Uh, we did not go. Me and the boys ended up – we went to Westwood Arena to watch one of Austin's buddies play. He's on the U12 uh, Young Nats. Okay. And uh, and then we skipped over to Scotiabank Pond where, Scotiabank where as we Pond. walked in the rink, Austin said – there's a real buzz tonight in the building. <laughs> oh, yes, there is, Austin. There's a buzz, baby. That's and, perfect. And uh, so we bounced around uh, rinks. So between Westwood and, uh, Westwood. and Scotiabank Pond, both uh, four patters, uh, we were able to see a lot of hockey. You're at some good hockey rinks. Yeah. Uh, I actually was in zero because I was uh, moving this weekend. And this oh, week, yes, the so big move. Had to do it. And also my son broke his fingers, so he – uh, uh which son? Ozzy broke his finger uh so he no. had to sit out for a little bit yeah but he's back at it he's back in it's just a minor fraction okay. uh, but we're back in but uh you know we were up at hockey factory again for some tryouts for the uh cdl league right cds it's a CDS. cds league that we're in with our little guy uh so he was there uh on so he's Saturday. trying out for lee side correct that's right. He's uh, he's trying out for the Lee Side team there. He okay. was on it last year. And he's trying out again this year. Nice. So, Lee Side uh, Flames. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. So they're uh, yeah. So I guess we'll find out this week on what team he's on and how that will work, and then off we go on that one. Because Lee Side does it a little differently than a lot of organizations, right? They they have everyone try out, and it's not. It's sort of like someone oversees the third party. Yeah, it's like a third, third party, party yeah. group comes in and just says, you know. These kids over here, these kids over there. There's your teams. You know, d- you know. There you go, Lee said. And I'm sure it goes as far very as I, smooth. you know, that's my layman's terms explanation. <laughs> and it goes very smooth. I'm sure it's very smooth. There's no politics or anyone's no one. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm just like, what? You know, sure. Uh, you know, what team are we going to? So, speaking of teams, yes, rankings. The, what do we? Well, what do we got in the rankings? I know we're on episode three. One of yes. the hot things we want to talk about is where people are standing with the hot games, but we're just on the cusp of the rankings, are we not? Maybe a, yes, the rankings are uh, should be out on Wednesday, which would be tomorrow for us. Um, so we're still got we're, we'll be another week away before we'll be able to break down where some of the GTHL teams are uh, situated. But it was another big weekend of early bird action, yeah. Um, and there was actually a silver stick. So the first silver stick of the year. Uh, Vaughn Rangers hosted it, and okay. uh, some GTHL teams did quite well. U10, AA saw the Beast beat the Rangers, who were hosting it uh, in the final 3-2. U12 had another all-GTHL final, where it was Vaughn Rangers beat much-improved Markham Islanders 2-0. And U14, Vaughn Rangers won. They won again. They uh, beat Forest Hill 6-3. 
So uh, those three teams will be off to the Silver Stick Finals, which usually take place in January. So, so it's an early start for them. So some early seating on the teams there. But maybe for uh, you know people who uh, maybe don't know, uh, let's call him Brant here, uh, Silver Stick <laughs> versus other yes. tournaments. Why don't you give me a little bit of a rundown of what? So the uh, Silver Stick is, is sort of like um, it's it's sort of like the crown jewel of tournament minor hockey tournaments for okay. uh, teams in I guess North America because American teams take part in it as well. And so uh, there's basically you'll play a Silver Stick uh, qualifier, and um, the team that wins that tournament. And those usually happen anytime between, I guess, now and and the end of December. Whoever wins that tournament qualifies for the Silver Stick Finals. Right. And um, sometimes you don't even have to win. There's there's times when the the finalist also will qualify. Okay. Um, and, so there's one big tournament. So and it's then like the little and then Silver the Stick fi- tournaments to one big one. All yeah. There's probably usually depending on the age group. There's usually six or seven different tournaments, and the winners and some finalists they'll qualify for the finals, and then those. Okay take place in january and um are they hosted so by a team every year the finals usually, yeah there'll be a host there'll be a host organization that will um take on the final there. Silver and then yeah usually there's two or three different organizations that will host all the all the different ones different and then groups. the winner of that is uh the silver stick champion and and um that's a you know it's a pretty prestigious title for who are uh, okay for, Got it. So, All right. Yeah. So those are going on. And then regular early birds, um, AAA uh, for U16 and U18, Toronto Titans were hosting a tournament. And U16, those are the kids in their draft year. The Marlboros beat the Rangers 2-1. And one of the kids in the Marlboros had 24 points in seven games, GCAT. This kid's going to the show. Uh, wow. That's unbelievable. What team was, was he on? on? He was on, uh, he was on uh, the Marlboros. The Marlboros. So, okay. Uh, so Hot. he so he had a, a heck of a tournament, and then U eighteen JRC uh, won the title. They they usually are quite strong at that age, right? Yeah, and right then on. some more early birds. New market. Um, they uh, they had their early bird double A tournament in East Enders U uh, ten. They okay. beat Lee Side in the, uh, they they beat um, Lee Side in the semis, and then the Wolverines in the final. So good job by them. My boys are East Ender Tie Cats as yes. well. So. I was partial to bit. their teams. I was for a bit. You were, yep. Yeah, yeah, we were yeah. over there. Yeah. U uh, thirteen double A team. So this team's a strong East Enders team. They've won the cities back to back. They won their first title of the year. And in U eleven single A North Toronto beat uh, the host Newmarket team one nothing. So oh, good wow. for them. Good, good job, and, everybody. And one other uh, one other tournament was in Orangeville. U eleven double A Lee side uh, won that one, and U twelve double A Humber Valley won. Okay. So, GTHL teams, GTHL, very strong start to the season. We're representing, representing. all over Ontario. That's great. Yeah, well, you know, we're still, if for those that listened to episode one and two, we know we're still on the hunt for who the next early bird tournament uh, lead is, which is Brian Steele. We're still trying to get to the yes. bottom of Brian Steele. <laughs> Just a quick update on the reporting here. I don't go in there till Thursday, which I'm going to go live from the scene to try to find out who the deal is. It's going to be one of those like uh, where you're going to be like knocking on the office doors. Who is Brian Steele? And I also followed up with a third email just since we last spoke. I, I said, I'm bringing this back up. I'm from To The Ring podcast. We wanted, we had some conversation around it. Can you get back to us? So Hillcrest, you got to email me back. Hillcrest. I just want to know who Brian Hillcrest Steele not is. Showing, and not now, I think it's. I, I don't well. think I'm alone. From what I understand, some people that oh, listening I also want to know who Brian Steele is. So, and people were also trying. I don't think people believed in your research, 
So people themselves what? were trying to figure out. They thought they figured that it was. I as guess easy I got to build some Google. credibility with some of and, the uh, fan base and, here, right? Yeah, and they also were stymied. So you right. were uh, you were okay. proven correct. Yes. Well, Andy from Hillcrest, I've emailed you three times. Come on, <laughs> come on, <laughs> Who's Brian Steele. All right. Well, let's go down. I think it's time to go to our our great interview we where we had with uh, Bob McKenzie. Uh, so at this point, you know, Puffy, why don't you t- send us off into the interview? Okay, our first guest ever on the To The Rink podcast. He's a legend in the hockey world, the hockey insider on TSN, and one of the faces of the world juniors every Christmas. He's a margarita salesman, a husband, a father to two terrific sons. But his favorite title might just be Hockey Dad. It's the one and only Bob McKenzie. Bob, thank you for uh, joining us here on the first uh, our first interview on our new podcast. I'm the very first guest. Yes. Yes. As you usually are on podcasts, I'm on. (laughs) How many many people did you have to ask before you finally got to me? When we started this, this was the the dream get. We were like, we got to get Bobby right off the start. We're batting a thousand right now. We're batting a thousand. It's good to to get the Mount Everest on the first one. So that's good. Good. Exactly. So, Bob, it's been almost 20 years since your minor hockey parenting days. What do you miss the most? Um, if I said nothing, would I offend everybody? Um, you probably it, would. You know what? It, it's funny though. And, and it's, I, I, I made the comment to somebody a few years ago. I go, you know, there's a reason why your kids are only kids for so long. It's because you really couldn't do much more than 15 or 20 years in, in the minor <laughs> hockey system <laughs> before you burned out or whatever. And I, and I, I really applaud those people. Like there's some guys I know after their kids are fully grown and moved on, they go back and they coach and they spend an enormous amount of time in the environment and, and uh, give back to the community and everything else. I was more selfish than that. I was doing it while my kids were that age. And, and when it was over, I was kind of, I thought, I thought I was going to be like, Oh, wow, you know, no more minor hockey. And, and I kind of felt sad about that. And then I thought I just got like the greatest gift of time effort and money that's ever been bestowed on anybody <laughs> i don't have to all those hundreds of hours every week i get them all back yeah um and so yeah do i miss some of it yeah a little bit but not really i, I think as i say there's there's a reason your kids are kids for a period of time and then they become adults and it's just time to move on to a different cycle of your life right on cool and so uh, the next question we had here was, I know you were on the Whitby Wolves or your kids played for the Whitby Wolves. Wildcats. 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 Whitby Wildcats. No daughters, just sons. Yeah. yeah. Wildcats. Whitby yeah. Wolves are a great organization. For Wildcats. Girls, yeah. Sorry. My bad. And uh, it's all right. I know you ended up playing some GTHL teams. And so one of the questions we had was, was there a team that you always looked forward to playing? And then was also there was a team that you ever didn't look forward to playing for whatever reason in the GTHL? Well, I mean... Yeah, I, I, this is the best story to, exa- to give you an example of that. So when I was coaching my son, Mike, and we were peewee, triple uh, A, um, we had a, a very average to below average, especially a minor peewee. We really struggled. And so, of course, one of the big events on the minor hockey calendar every year is the Whippy Silver Stick. And because we were the, the host team, we always got to open it on Thursday night. And we always opened it against, which was you, whatever it was usually the best team in the GTHL. And at that time, it was the Marlies. And, and I mean, so 
I, Liam Reddix, who went on to play in the National Hockey League, 86 born guy. Um, they were they were a great team, and and so as a coach, you were terrified to play them, especially in an environment like that where it's first night of the silver stick and there's all sorts of people there and everybody's pumped up for it. And you had to, I, I know I, with the team I had, I had to coach my ass off just to try and keep it to four or five goals. And if you, if you got beat four one after the words, the other coaches and me, we'd be like, yeah, they only beat us five one. They only beat us five one tonight. So the, I can remember some nights like that. Um, but it was also fine. A measuring stick and, and, you know, to give you an example, I mean, I, I don't. I, I think if anything, it's probably. I don't know what's going on in the GTHL now, other than whatever was happening back then. It's probably still happening, except at a much higher level of intensity <laughs> yeah, and amplification. Yes, yes, and, and that. So back then, I mean, the kids on all the Marleys, it was a stacked team. So, but mind you, back then there was probably three or four stacked teams, and I get the feeling now it's usually in each division. Maybe it's only one or two stack teams, but, um, you know, we had like, when we had tryouts back then, Whippy's a big OMHA center. Now it might be the, they might have more teams and more players playing than just about anybody in the OMHA when I was coaching. So this would have been Mike say 86 born 12 years. So 1997, 1998 thereabouts. When we went to tryouts, we got 30 kids come out to tryouts and you know, and, from well, Mike's in the GTHL, of- we don't really do tryouts now, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Like birthday skates never or did. something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so you get thirty kids out, and we had we had the same core of kids on Mike's AAA team, like the same six or seven kids in the core from minor novice right through to minor midget. Um, and, and, and that. So, anyways, long story short, it was always an adventure when you were playing the big boys from the GTHL. And uh, our kids kind of took it as a challenge, but it was there were some nights when it wasn't a challenge at all. It was just a, it was just an ass kicking of epic proportions. <laughs> um, and same thing when we go to the Kitchener Blue Line tournament and we play like Little Caesars, and uh, you know we, again we we lost four one to a Little Caesars team, and and we we and I, I was I was bad. I mean I knew we were overmatched, so. I was, I had the kids trapping and doing all sorts of things. The, the good news, the good news back then was you could hook and hold as much as you wanted and you'd get away with it because they never didn't call any restraining fouls. And I knew that. So yeah. I basically, when I knew we were going to get beat 10, 15, 20, nothing by a team like that, I would just say, just lock onto these guys and put your stick in their midsection and don't let them skate anywhere. And we we lost four to one, and after it was over, I said to the guys I coached with, I said, "Never have so many." Meaning the coaching staff worked so hard for so little, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and 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 then we'd get somebody's. We had some parent on the other team yelling at us. I'm disgusting teaching kids systems like that, and I said, "You know what's disgusting? <laughs> Getting every best kid in Michigan and luring them with whatever to get there, yep. and coming in and playing our team of, of hometown Local hockey boys. players." And, and beating us by 15 or 20 goals. So get, get screwed, bud. We kept it for one. It was a good night. <laughs> well, you, you have proven that you're willing to do whatever it takes. So I'm, uh, I'm on the bench now with my youngest guy. Is it appropriate to call for a stick measurement penalty uh, in a close game against a heated rival? Um, the short answer is no. But since I did it not once but twice <laughs> – 
in the same game and wanted to do it a third time, but my buddy, uh, who is the head coach, called me and said, nah, called me off on it, said, nah, we can't do that. But I, it, it's a long story, and it's a funny story, and I've gotten lots of mileage out of it. I told it on the Spit and Checklist podcast, and, and uh, it's in, in my book, Hockey Dad, and, and that the only reason I did it in that instance was because – so, yes. Yeah, so the, the answer to your question is this. You're allowed to do that if the head coach of the other team protested a game in minor novice AAA, a playoff game, because a suspended coach went in to tie his kid's skate skates 40 minutes before the game, and he was the coach, and he went yeah. in and tied his kid's skates up 40 minutes before the game, and then you lost the game that eliminated you from the OMHA play to, to go to the OMHA playdowns. And because you saw the coach go in and tie his kid's skates, you protest the game, and the Barry – uh, Colts move on and at the expense of the Whippy Wildcats because of a protest. If you're playing that coach in that circumstance, then yes, you can call as many stick measurements as you want. <laughs> Got it. Awesome. Well, speaking of your uh, book, I was reading uh, and catching up again after reading it a few years ago and reading it again over the course of the week. And I wanted to talk about the four principles that you laid out in that book. I don't know if you know them off by heart, but I wrote them down. It's have fun instill the right values, improve individual skating and skill development, and uh, teach coaching, uh, teach team coaching concepts, strategies, and systems. I, I wanted to just ask you about that and what you, you know, you, you know, where you came up with those and if you have any further insights against those, those four principles you've laid out. Well, that's what I tried to do. <laughs> uh, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that time the police came, but that was another story. <laughs> but no, but you know what? It, it's pretty basic. I mean, and and unfortunately, all all the, all kids sports, not just hockey, everything. I mean, everybody takes everything too seriously, um, and I I was guilty of that at times. But I I knew I knew what I was supposed to be striving for and what the kids should be striving for. Number one, have fun. That's what they're they're playing hockey for. Number two. You know, for all the time, effort, money you put into it, there's got to be some other payoff other than wins or losses or whether your kid's got a AAA designation or he gets to the next level when he's 15 years old or whatever the case may be. So it's it's have fun. Um, and uh, what was the second one? <laughs> it was have fun, instill the right values. Instill the right and values. You yeah, that's all the, your values. That, that's yeah. the payoff. You want, you want your kids – to realize you can't win every game and you, and you can't act like an idiot if you lose and and you can't be a selfish, you know what? Um, you got to be a good teammate and you know and sometimes you got to suck it up and realize that it's so yeah, yeah, life values. You 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 want there to be a payoff in terms of you want your kids to grow as hockey players but you really want them to grow as people. Right. Uh, or at least you should. And if yeah. you don't, well then there's not much we can do for you anyways then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. And then and then you want to try as much as possible to, to to teach the kids the individual skills they're going to need. So if you do have a good kid, you're going to give them a chance to move on. And if you do have a kid who's at the bottom end of the, the food chain in terms of he's a really tough skater at the beginning of the year, well, work with him and do everything possible to try and get him so that at the end of the year, he realizes, wow, I worked really hard and I, I learned a few things and I learned how to skate better and I learned how to carry a puck and I learned how to shoot a puck and I... I learned all those individual skills. And so, you know, do that. And then the, the fourth and final one is 
try to put it all together in terms of tactics, strategy. And, and that's the one that, as I said, and I violated that rule a lot intentionally because right. I knew that there's no point in teaching kids skills. Well, there's, there's always a point to teach kids skills, but there's no chance for those kids to use those skills if you're so overmatched by a team that has the best 20 players in Michigan or the best 20 players in Southern Ontario, if you can find a way to coach them up a little bit that involves, you know, getting them to play a system. But as I say, the, the way the game of hockey's played now, it, it, it almost renders systems, um, uh, you know, their moot their point now. As I say, they're the only we- reason I can teach kids how to trap and, and have a relatively close game against a team that was light years better than us was because back in the 1990s, it was clutch and grab hockey, and you could uh, you could just you know stifle offense, and and thankfully you can't do that anymore. So now everything should be accentuated on speed and skill, and based on all these kids I see come up and play for my son's team, the Kitchener Rangers in the OHL, or the, the kids I look at as I get ready to do my TSN draft rankings every year. Speed and skill on these kids is absolutely phenomenal, which is as it should be. That's great. Bob, what's your opinion on paid coaches? There's like quite a few in the GTHL. And um, I mean, in some ways they're needed because there's probably not enough parents, especially at the higher levels, to be able to coach that that kind of hockey. But what do you think about it? Yeah, I, I don't think you can make a blanket statement, oh, it's it's the best thing ever or it's the worst thing ever. Um, you know, when it first started, I was kind of like, oh, wow, I don't know about that. But if, if you get a, a paid coach who's good, that's great. As long as he does all the right things and and the kids have fun and they learn the right values and they learn skill development and they learn how to play as a team, those four basic tenets that I, that I outlined and that you just mentioned, GCAT, um, if he's a good coach, that's great. As long as if people are prepared to, to pay the freight, whatever it costs, and it's obviously an expensive proposition, no matter whether you've got a paid coach or not. Um, and that, but the flip side of it is that having paid coaches could sometimes lead to not getting the right person that somebody now goes into it for all the wrong reasons. You know, the, the reason to coach a bunch of 12 year olds isn't because you're going to get paid. The reason is because you really have a passion for it. You love it. And you want to, you want to share what you know and, and your ability to teach and coach with these kids. Um, but you know, it's the, the reality is that, uh, it's going to it's going to happen. And so the question then becomes, once it's going to happen, then what what kind of safeguards can you put in place to make sure you're getting the right people? And I mean, it's it's hard to do, but um, hopefully as you go along. And, and as I say, there's probably some really good paid coaches and there's probably some really terrible guys, paid coaches, and there's probably some really good volunteer coaches. And I know there's some really bad volunteer coaches. So I, I just don't think it's. You can get away from it. It's just a reality you got to deal with. So what? Uh, what's your dollar amount for you to come back in retirement? <laughs> uh, there, you know what? There actually isn't one. <laughs> as much as now that I'm free, now that I'm semi-retired and basically a fixed income pensioner, yeah. um, I could probably use the money. But uh, having said that, uh, I, I kind of enjoy not being in the ranks. Or uh, as I said, I, I did my time, and it was fun. And my kids had a great time, and I don't think there's too many regrets, but um, time's up. Well, 
In terms of uh, the kids in the change room and, and doing some coaching, one of the questions that Puffy and I talk about on the pod is, what's our favorite pump-up songs? In every episode, we talk about a pump-up song that's good for the change room. Is there anything you'd like to say, like, is a song that you used or a band you listened well, to yeah, that got we were, everyone going in the in the change room? Yeah, we were old school, so it was going to be ACDC pretty much no matter what. You know, like Thunderstruck was a good one. And I, I coached and was involved with the kids, both in minor hockey and lacrosse. And, and uh, you know, we... Uh, Back in the old days, you had to carry your own boombox in, and now I'm sure you could just bring a, a Sonos speaker or any yeah. kind of Bluetooth that speaker is, yeah. and just run it off your phone. Where before you had to walk in like Fresh Prince of Bel Air or whatever with a, <laughs> right, a boombox right. on your shoulder and uh, and uh, and that. But that was that was usually a Thunderstruck. ACDC Thunderstruck. was was the one it's partial that, uh, to my heart. That one, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, Shoot the Thrill was a good one. Anything on Back in Black would uh, would do the trick. Perfect. Well, thanks a lot, Bob. Now, um, for all our listeners, I can't hi- I highly recommend Bob's book, Hockey Dad. Um, I don't know if you can still get it. It probably is out there. It's got to be out there. That's, no, it's you gotta can get be it. Out there. It's, it's, I, I, it's out I, I, there still because every so often I get a check for like about $9.35 on the, on the royalties. You know, so <laughs> every every six months I get 10 bucks or something. It's uh, So there's still a few selling out there, but um, it, it, I think it's uh, it's an interesting book. I think some of it will still hold up, even though it was for sure. One hundred percent does. Fifteen twenty years ago, um, but I also it used to really bother me when I was fully vested and in the rink like five six days a week, um, and it used to bother me when the so called experts in the media would say, this is what needs to be done with minor hockey, or that's what needs to be done with minor hockey. And I knew they were never spending any time in the rink. So now I'm, I'd am i be one of those guys. I would never pass myself off as an expert on what's happening now in the rink um, because things, in, in some ways, things never change. You know, parents still act like idiots. The manager is still the most important person on the team. manager is still the most important person on the team. And uh and 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 that, but I would never ever profess to know this is what's going on or offer big opinions on where minor hockey's headed because I've been out of it for so long. But I think there probably are a lot of universal things in the book that everybody would say, yeah, I think I can understand that. Well, thanks a lot, Bob, and uh, appreciate the time. Yeah, thank thanks you for having very me, much Bob, for coming. YouTube, Gcat. Thanks, thank guys. You. Really appreciate it. And, to all the parents out there, just behave yourself. Just behave. We're trying. Behave Bob. We're yourself. trying. <laughs> wise, wise words. Thanks very much, Bob. We really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, that was our interview with Bob McKenzie. Great interview. Really appreciative of his time. A terrific guy. Solid guy. Great yeah. advice all the way through. No matter what we ask, yes. always some great uh, counsel for us and yes. for our listeners. Yeah, for sure. So you know, he brought up when I asked him. What's his favorite music? He brought up, obviously, the Thunder's theme, ACDC. Yes. You know, Thunderstruck. So, like, as you know, we, that's first it. of all, that's first place song right now, Thunderstruck. Yeah, right now it's number one. We've got it twice. We've had done three podcasts and it's come up twice. So I'm just saying, you know, the odds are high. So, but we do need a new pump up song for this week for everybody. So, Puffy. Yes. What's our puff up? What, what's the pump up song we're going to promote this week? You think? Well, for the um, Tanya and Barrett, uh, they're U fourteen double A standards team. They uh, they like to have a song that they play after games that they win. Right. And so um, they put it. Uh, Tanya put it out to the boys and and gave a bunch of suggestions. And um, 
And they came back with uh, Nicki Minaj Starships is going to be the tune Fantastic that they hope song. is playing all winter long. So because that's when they win, they're going to play that. Yeah, when so they when win. they win, I think they do the little team talk quick, yeah. and then the song goes on. And right. uh, I I just assume they're all dancing. I offered uh, them. I said I could come in and do a dance uh-huh. uh, for the boys, but and they, was, said no. uh, they said no. They said no because they yeah. don't want me anywhere near the dressing room. No, so. no. Yeah. So I guess that's near fine. the snack bar okay awesome well my song was gonna be um a real like actually cliche one another one but they're too good that's why they're cliches which is my house my flow rider which is a oh yes a song that i think you can put on before anything you're talking about your house your place you're doing it and a fantastic song for the for pump up for yeah 100 yeah flow rider is uh he's got a few tunes Yes. that uh, work very well for the moment. I haystack. haven't gone deep cuts on Flowrider yet. Oh, I'm we're, we're at least three or four deep. Really? Okay, I'll have to go on to Apple Music Essentials there and see what else <laughs> I can find. Um, well, that's the wrap for the show this week. We really want to appreciate everyone for listening and for episode number three. We'll be back next week with episode number four. Uh, Hopefully we'll have, a, we'll have the minor hockey rankings. will be hockey out rankings. and uh, we can start doing some breaking down. And we'll have another uh, great interview next week that we'll announce uh, this week on our Instagram, nice. which is to the rink podcast. That's T W O to the rink podcast. You can follow us on Instagram. We post on there. We'll talk about the uh, interviews that we have and share some other uh, content that we make on there. And I hope you join us again. And if you have any feedback for us, you can email us at to the rink at gmail.com. If you have any comments, commentary, or, or DMs, or, I've, I've or DMs, to, no one really DMs. emails, right? That, that's I've checked our email. There's not much going on over there. <laughs> yeah, but our that, DMs, DMs, you can DM, yes. DM us and follow yeah. us at Instagram to the Ring Podcast, and, and we'll uh, we'll slide back into your DMs with some comments. Yes. All right. Well, that's it, Puffy. Thanks again. Cheers. Thanks, Stoff. <laughs>